and tries to make it just a little bit easier. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. It's book report time, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> I always never was very good at writing book reports because I just read the book and then I'd go back and they'd say, what happened? Like, I, I don't I don't remember. I was just too into it. But yeah. uh, this one, I took notes. <laughs> and it's a nonfiction book. So I uh, try to read uh, craft books. I don't read a whole lot anymore. Um, but this one I really liked. It's called uh, Fire Up Your Writing Brain by Susan Reynolds. And it's all about using neuroscience to try to get your brain in the optimal place for writing. Uh, and this is uh, close to my heart. I have ADHD, which can sometimes make sitting down to write really difficult uh, because your brain just doesn't want to go where you want it to go because there's no executive function and, you know, it, it can get a little crazy. So if someone says, here's some neuroscience that will help you control your brain somehow, uh, I was very excited to know about it. So I'm not going to go through the whole book because there was a lot of stuff in there. I would strongly recommend it. Uh, the second half of the book particularly is good if you've not written a book before because uh, she kind of outlines... She outlines a process without being real specific. She outlines like the kind of things you should be doing that you can try. But the first part, she kind of talks about um, the things you need to do to kind of feed your brain and train your brain. Um, because the theme of this book, the idea is that your brain is actually a very flexible organ and can be reprogrammed. You can train your brain um, to to do things by by associating things by uh, creating connections in your in your brain you know consciously and it'll affect your subconscious and stuff like that um so like one of the things she talks about for example is associate good things with sitting down to write um and that's like reward yourself wear your comfiest clothing or play music you really like or make your space really good which i'll, I'll talk about in a little bit so that you have a positive association and I was like, wow, you know, because I, I have had that. I've had that negative association sometimes of like, oh, God, here we go. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. I better, you know, and I get very, um, very strict with myself. Like, okay, now, come on, let's do it. As opposed to looking forward to it. And I thought, so I thought that was a really interesting point. Do you ever have that good association when you sit down to write, Melissa? <laughs> or a, a bad association, do you think? Um, I often have a bad association <laughs> that I have yeah. to get over. Um, but I do find that helpful because like sometimes I'll put on music. That is one way that I have helped get myself mm -hmm. into the mood of writing and to set aside the anxiety of like writing the wrong thing or starting from scratch mm -hmm. and looking at a blank page. Um, and, and so, yes, I do believe that there's power in the mind and like certain habits, certain behaviors can help you, um, break through those and have a different outlook or mindset even the idea of mm -hmm. like oh let's just uh just do 50 words or just do five minutes like those little mm -hmm. hacks that like will get you into it and um, mm -hmm. help you work around all of the anxiety and fear and stress that comes with starting or sitting down to write yeah yeah and and she even had things like because you associate those things together like your brain will mush them together so for example if you every time you sit down to write you eat a piece of chocolate eventually your your brain will will put those two things together and will anticipate the pleasure that comes from the piece of chocolate when you sit down to write um or she talked about 
having uh, making a list of the things that you are good at, why you write, or what your strengths are in writing, and looking at that and get building up your confidence because your confidence, feeling confident, will help you write better. You know, in kind of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of thing. Um, she said, even standing, even like a power stance. So if you stand like Superman, you will feel more powerful, and maybe do that for a few minutes before you go to write and feel you know, kind of pump yourself up and feel powerful. And then eventually your brain will make that association so that when you sit down to write, you will feel powerful rather than afraid or guilty, which is what I tend to feel. Mm -hmm. And I, I would like to reprogram that. I thought that was really, really very exciting. Yeah, that's very interesting. And it goes along with something that I saw on social media a few weeks ago by a psychologist who was talking about negative self-talk. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's a place I often come into my writing with negative self-talk. Like, oh, this is going to be bad. This is the worst thing I've ever written. Or um, like, they're going to give me really bad notes and it's never going to sell. Like, But the one thing that she said that why um, negative self-talk is so dangerous is because our brain doesn't actually distinguish, isn't able to distinguish between fact and fiction when we're mm -hmm. internally talking about ourselves. And so... The more we tell ourselves that, the more our brain actually believes that is reality. And we mm -hmm. just fall into that story. Whereas like if you're telling yourself a positive affirmation or you're thinking about something in a different light and you keep telling yourself that, you actually become more confident and you associate those more positive experiences and traits to the act of writing versus the negative one. So like I think that goes along with what you were just saying is in terms of yeah. your brain rewiring itself and you have some control over which path you take. Yeah, that's a, it's super exciting to me um, to, to do that because I, I, I want, I, like I said, getting control over my own brain is, is always a challenge. I, it's, that's what ADHD is. Um, and so to find out that there are some tricks I can use so that I go sit down to write going, oh yeah, let's go. Let's do this thing that I'm good at it's such a much better idea and then I'll be more likely to do it and less likely to run and hide into social media or whatever else. So super stoked about that. And, and actually that those sort of things are the things that my executive function tends to go to. So that's also going to uh, lure my ADHD into, into coming to play. So uh, really cool. So yeah, she talked about um, making your setting something that's, that's good, you know, your writing space, uh, like having a writing space, having a sacred writing space of whatever you like, whether it's the coffee shop or if it's super silent or, you know, whatever works for you. Um, and you'll maybe try to keep it neat and clean if you can, because that open space tends to allow space for thinking. She talked about entering with an intention. She talked about even saying out loud. I sit down to write and say, now I'm going to start writing and it's time to write my book or whatever. And in doing that, your brain goes, oh, I guess it's time to start writing a book. And that automatically makes it start working. It's like, oh, it's like, it's so nice to think that we actually have control over this thing, like <laughs> we do all our other organs. Um, and the other thing that she talked about, she did mention music and different kinds of music and using music to manipulate your own mood to match what you're writing. Um, she mentioned symphonic music is a really uh, helpful thing. I know people have said that video game music works really well because it's meant to uh, uh, kind of keep you going, you know, as you're playing the game. It's dramatic, but it kind of keeps you moving along. Um, I have also played, I also have had sometimes a playlist that was for this project. And so I would always start with the same song and I'd always play the music in the same order. And that kind of made that association in my brain to, okay, time to write. 
I love that. I do that often as well. I, I love I love music in general, um, and I always have a playlist mm -hmm. for every project that I do. Um, and it does, it's both a combination of getting me into the mood and the world of the book or the story, but like I may have mm -hmm. specific ones for characters or for scenes. And some of them are like, some of it's just pop music and sometimes it's movie scores and sometimes it's like, it's a mix of things. But uh, I had one that was Christmas music because I was working on a story that took place over the Christmas season and I was writing it in the middle of the summer and I needed to be yeah. in the Christmas winter spirit. So like, that's all I played while I wrote that book. Yeah. Christmas music is the perfect example of how you can use music to manipulate your mood. Cause there's these songs you start hearing them and you know, all of a sudden you're feeling all cozy and nostalgic unless it's like October and then you're just pissed off that they're starting so early, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can use that. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you manipulate your space? Do you Are you able to, to do anything to your writing space to make it conducive? I um, do, but not as consistently. I'm pretty flexible, so I can write in a lot of different spaces. But I did mm -hmm. have the urge yesterday to clean off my desk, um, which mm -hmm. had gotten very cluttered, and I was feeling really overwhelmed, and I just set new writing goals, and I'm like, before I start, I'm going to clear off my desk so I have open space. And um, it was very helpful. So to hear you say that was one of the suggestions. I was like, yes. Yeah. You win. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> 10 points. Yay. Gold star. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, I find that that helps too. I get, I, I, and the funny thing is, is once I'm writing, I don't notice it. But like, if I go to a clean open space, it, I feel better because it just, it, it calms me, you know, because it, it's mm -hmm. not anything I need to do, right? It's just, it's, it's all taken care of. So yeah, that's why I like, I like to keep my house clean. I don't always do a great job of it, but boy, when I've got it cleaned up, it feels so good. And then I feel more energized. Like I can't cook until I clean the kitchen. Yeah. Like, if it's time to start baking. I have to clean the kitchen first, even though I'm going to about to trash it. I have to clean it first and then I have space to work. And yeah, so it's the same idea. Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing that you talked about for you know, when you're going to write is meditation. She talked about that a lot, about different kinds of meditation, uh, about just having it in your life, uh, have it be part of your practice, meditating through writing, which is what I think like uh, morning pages, if you've ever done uh, The Artist's Way, they have the morning pages. I feel that that's just a, a form of meditation. Um, but she just, and it wasn't just from experience, like there was scientific evidence of here is why, this study shows why, you really ought to be meditating and how it helps your brain uh, to, to do the work it needs to do to write um, with a regular meditation practice uh, just, it just has a huge effect um, in whatever way you can do it. Uh, so I found that really helpful. And, and this is great because one of my New Year's resolutions is to meditate every day. So I was very excited to hear that. I will report in to see how well that's working. Um, have you ever meditated? You're on L.A. Everyone meditates there. Yeah, it's uh, mandatory, meditates. isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. They don't give you a license if you don't <laughs> Yeah, I do meditate. Um, I haven't used it. Like I've said I want to use it before I start writing, but I actually haven't done it. Like I've just done it for my own sort of mm -hmm. personal um, reward and sort of mental clarity. But it does make me think, like, when I was writing um, about a school shooting, like, that story was really mm -hmm. difficult to write, very heavy. And at mm -hmm. that point, like, the meditation piece was helpful. 
because it was a way for me to like almost like give myself the permission to go where I needed to go to tell the story, but to also like Mm -hmm. recharge afterwards. So I wasn't carrying that Mm -hmm. like just emotional weight and baggage with me into my everyday life. So like that is a very clear example of when it can be helpful, not just before you start writing, but afterwards as well. Yeah. Get it kind of clear the space a little bit, clear your brain out a little bit to get that flushed out. It's like hit a reset, hit the reset button. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, there's no way I could I could write something that that harsh. I would, I, I don't think I could do it. Whenever I write a story about like something happening to a kid, I would make it a girl because I have two boys. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> just too close. Which yeah. I shouldn't do. I should use that, but oh well, I'll get there. Um, you know, she also talked about uh, she talked about the process of brainstorming. She talked about she talks a lot about the going through the different pro- parts of the process of writing. Uh, but then there's one other little chapter here, chapter four, which she talked about um, reinforcing your writing brain. And she talked about things that you can do. Uh, she called it your idea generating brain. Things that you can do when you're not writing to, you know, kind of nurture, to fuel it up, to kind of get ready. And um, obviously, like the first 10 things on her list are all about reading. Um, you have to read. And I, you know, this happens to me where I, I get too busy and I forget to read. And then I, my writing sort of just runs out of fuel and I go, why? And like, oh, I know why. I haven't read a book in three weeks. No wonder. Um, but she talks about reading things that are similar to what you're writing, things that are the opposite to what you're writing. Uh, she talks about doing close reading. Um, she talks about reading things that aren't even fiction, you know, read uh, a poetry, read um, memoirs, read uh, essays, all kinds of whatever you can get into. And then she starts talking about uh, maybe not reading, maybe uh, consume art, uh, do art of of different kinds, you know, paint, draw, go to the museum, uh, see good movies. um, And, you know, with an artist's mind, you know, not just like veg out in front of the TV, but she showed how how a connection between someone who practiced like a visual art as well as writing how those two feed each other and that makes you more effective writer because you've taken you know you're working on different parts of your brain and strengthening them up in you know drawing or painting or even just looking at paintings um reading uh literary fiction and not just genre fiction um you know reading poetry of different kinds and how that activates and strengthens the connections within your brain and develops it into a better writing brain. Yeah, I could see that. And that's, if you've ever done, again, uh, Artist Way, she talked about the, the artist dates. Mm-hmm. If you ever, did you ever do those? I did, yeah. They I always ended helpful. up just buying a lot of art supplies. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were helpful because they gave me permission to do something away from the writing and... Mm-hmm. Um, and to do things by myself because I would often say like, oh, I really wanted to do this or I wanted to take this paint class or I wanted to do go to this museum, but I, I wanted to go with my friends. So I was waiting for somebody to be able to go with me. And like the artist date was like, nope, I'm just going to go yeah. and do this thing. I'm going to enjoy it from an artist's perspective and get the experience. And it was very helpful. Or also uh, the other thing, it was uh, going out to nature, which I was like, ooh, boy, wow, that's yeah. – I need to work on that. Like <laughs> I have too. not – and, and the thing is, I live out in the boonies. Like, I there's a forest preserve. I can literally see it from my living room. 
When's the last time I went out in it? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. But I think that's really important. Again, she's got studies. And remember she says, oh, this is good. It's not, oh, this is good because I think so. It's, oh, this is good because here's a study where they studied it and they found out. Like, yeah, people who did this tended to show this thing. So, you know, science, man. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that makes me a little anxious in listening to this is that Mm -hmm. I feel like, oh, great, there's another thing I have to add to my to-do list. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the woman in me or the, like, oh, like, I want it to be, like, perfect. And if I'm not doing X, Y, and Z things and I'm not writing to my full potential – and right. um, that's a, there's a lot of things there. I don't think she's suggesting you do every single thing that you just named, yeah. right? And or you do things, force yourself to do things that you absolutely hate and dis- and detest. So yeah. that could be some people's process. And I believe I she guess. actually <laughs> addresses that very thing that that perfectionism that you have to do, you know, it all right and and uh, trying to make it perfect and all that. She talks about how toxic that is. Yeah. Uh, how toxic perfectionism is and, and a uh, zero-sum game, you know, way of looking at things, how how bad that is for an artist. So, yeah, I can totally hear you because, like, I'm making all these plans. Like, I'm going to do all these things. And also, knowing my ADD brain, I'm going to do all these things for two weeks and then completely forget. I mean, not even, like, lose it. Just, like, forget that I was doing it. I have done that plenty of times. So, I'm you know, use my bullet journal, try to keep that stuff up. But it's also good, I think, to even use in a... Uh, just a prescriptive symptomatic way you know you find you're having trouble you find it's not going well let's let's look back at this list of things and see if there's anything i need to do to kind of refuel a little bit um because obviously all of that stuff is also failure um you know to be like i'm just working my whole day going out to nature and i'm listening to music (laughs) and i meditated for three hours and i you know i've eaten a a perfect meal and i've got it now like that you know there's no right answer wrote anything (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay but if i ever do man it's gonna be great um yeah like she talks about not uh not talking about your work in progress too much yes um, because you need to let it be yours so yeah same idea yeah getting the work love that that one that one took me a while to learn and now it's yeah. like one of my most sacred rules. And it's not because I think somebody's going to take the idea. It's like it's new and no. I need to let it form in my head before other influences come in and either tell me how horrible it is and then I let go of it too early or try to influence yeah. it before I have a vision of like what it is I want to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was something I struggled with at Shoe, um, Seton Hill, where we both got our MBAs. Uh, not MBAs, MFAs. <laughs> I don't have an MBA, good lord. <laughs> terrible thing for me. Um, MFAs uh, was that you kind of had to write and critique right away. Like as soon as you wrote it, it went to your critique partners. Um, and that didn't, that was kind of hard. It was just kind of a necessity yeah. of the program. And they may have changed it. I know they've made a lot of changes, but I, that was always kind of tricky for me. Because yeah, it's not, you know, you don't take a newborn baby on the subway. You gotta, it's gotta, it's not yeah. ready. All right. Well, I think I, I don't want to tell any more, more about this book. I want you guys to go out and buy it because it's really quite good. Um, it's called Fire Up Your Writing Brain by Susan Reynolds. Um, and if you've got the book, uh, tell us about it. Tell us what you think. If you, you, if you read it, if you are going to read it, whatever, let us know. Um, I have recently started tweeting again. Woohoo! 
So uh, I'm tweeting on Writing Easy Pod 01, and I'm also Geeky Mary. Um, that's where you'll find me. Um, yeah, so let us know. I, I don't know if you've had much time for socials lately. I have not. I like, yeah. It's on my list of things to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it can be dangerous. I like I could totally understand. Like I can't I can't with a Facebook. Like I was starting to tip back into it and then someone posted something that triggered me completely and I was like, God damn it, all right, fine, I'm out of here again. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta be gotta be careful with that stuff. So I think with that we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. Remember everyone, writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary.